The Anchored City Podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue Welcome to the Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kiegenfeld. We are currently Between Seasons, and this is the second of our Between the Seasons episodes. We'll be doing a number of these episodes from time to time as we wait for Season 2 to start this coming fall. The mission of this podcast is to connect with Anchorage's soul through her histories, stories, and people. Today we'll focus on the story part of that mission as we talk with Olivia Cohn from Arctic Entries. The Arctic Entries website describes their events this way. There's always a place in your home where people gather and stories are born. The East Coast has stoops, the South has porches, and Alaska has Arctic entries. In the spirit of This American Life, The Moth, and other storytelling events, Arctic entries brings Alaskans to the stage to share their personal stories, funny, sad, and sweet. At every performance, seven people each tell a seven-minute-long true story about themselves relating to the show's theme. Local musicians perform a few songs as well. Our guest today, Olivia Cohn, is one of the storyboard members that gives direction to Arctic Entries. She's also hosted some of their events and even told a story of her own. Here's my conversation with Olivia Cohn. That I have yet to cross And I have dreamed of faraway places where imagination just gets lost And I would search the wide world over For one proverb that is true But of all the roads I'll ever walk So my name is Olivia Cohn And I have been volunteering with Arctic Entries for about I think three years. Um, I uh, it's it's an all volunteer organization, so we don't really have a hierarchy of this person runs this and this person runs that. But we do designate tasks within the organization, and it's kind of by, hey, someone has um, capacity to do such and such, um, and so on, and how long you've been involved with it. But um, typically, when new volunteers come on, they come on as volunteers, and are just kind of picking things up, and then. Um, Towards the end of the season, we'll have a meeting and discussion and we add people to the board. So I'm part of the story board of Arctic Entries. And um, some of my niche things that I organize are around ticketing and helping to um, do that. But I also host some of the um, events and along with hosting um, includes producing shows, really. So you're producing um, uh, primarily with another co-host and that's helping to story coach with the um, storytellers ahead of time. So we'll recruit storytellers along a certain theme. We put a lot of thought in trying to incorporate um, 
stories that complement or don't contradict each other or cause anybody to be uncomfortable. So, you know, for example, if someone's struggling with a disorder, we wouldn't want to put someone who might have, you know, be talking about that very thing that might trigger them in the same show. Um, or we might, you know, if someone's talking about a really sensitive topic that might not be okay for children, you know, we think, so there's a lot that goes into that. And we try to be very inclusive as much as we can um, in our demographics of who's on stage. So there's a lot of thought around that and making sure that everybody who um, we're able to um, recruit can, can get a chance to get a microphone in their hand and have their story told. And really what the um, story coaching is, is doesn't mean that we are formally trained storytellers. Although a lot of folks uh, volunteering with Arctic Entries either have a knack for it or do have experience doing, you know, all kinds of different public speaking or theater type related things. Um, but what we'll often say is by listening to all of these stories, I think that your story would maybe create more empathy with the audience by telling it this way or um, asking a lot of questions of the storyteller to find out other information that's saying, saying, oh man, you know, and this happened, you should include that in your story. So um, yeah, so my role with Arctic Entries is very broad, <laughs> um, but my niche things are helping with those tasks that I, I mentioned and, um, I guess your question really was uh, who I am and, and you know how I got involved too. So I should note that I did tell a story with Arctic Entries and we typically hope that each of our hosts for our shows have told a story. Um, and I was recruited to come help out after that and expressed an interest in, in getting involved. And, um, but before that I had been in Alaska since 2013 and people are always saying, hey, you can tell a story in Arctic countries. So um, once I did, I, I got pretty heavily involved. Awesome, thank you. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit, what is Arctic entries? Like if somebody goes to an event or, um, yeah, if they start interacting with it, what can they expect? But what is the program and sort of what should they expect when they interact with it? Um, so, Particularly with COVID-19, I feel like we're a little bit more nebulous than we have in the past, but um, the gist is that we're helping to empower people to tell their stories that are true on a stage. So we have three rules that we require of storytellers, and that's that they tell a story that's true, that's about them and their experience. So, you know, you're not going to hear a story that's like, my grandma is amazing, but you might hear a story of, I had an amazing life because of what I experienced learning from my grandma. Um, and then our third rule is that stories have to be told in seven minutes. So we typically will put together a show that is um, seven people telling stories in seven minutes that are true about themselves. And we seek um, musicians, preferably uh, we target local musicians to come and perform at our shows too. So you'll have a host introducing a show, you'll hear three stories and you'll hear a few songs from a local musician or band, and then um, the rest of the stories, and then we get you out of there. So that's how we put together our, the typical style of a show. They started, the program started in 2010, and so we just came up on our 11th anniversary. Is that right? <laughs> um, the first show was in February 2010, and um, it's really grown from a much smaller production at the Snow Goose now, 49th State. Um, and is over at the Performing Arts Center and we have re these really large um, shows now. So that's what we're doing. We've uh, tried to use that model and had traveling shows before. There's been a show in Talkeetna and other places around in Alaska. And then um, 
with COVID, we've done an online show. We um, did a couple drive-in shows to try to maintain social distance in cars. And then um, we just did a partner show with the uh, Anchorage Museum to do radio show. So we've been a little bit changing this season, but typically we, you know, we really prefer, I think, and like to do live events. Yeah, I think everybody's missing live events for sure. Yeah. All the yeah. different ways we've adjusted things, but it's hard to replicate that live being right, in a room right. with yeah. people sharing an experience. Absolutely. So I know each Arctic Entries um, program has a theme. So maybe this mm -hmm. next question is a little difficult, but like, what are the kind of stories that you hear over this like 10 year period and you've been involved the last number of years? Like, are there themes that sort of run through the stories or what type of stories do you often hear from the storytellers? Um, it really, really runs the gamut. Um, I think that sometimes it will follow politics a little bit as, you know, if there's, I think around the Me Too movement, we heard a, a lot of pitches from women and some of the things that they had struggled with, um, challenges in their lives. I think that we just, I mean, there's just so many different uh, things that people want to talk about. In Alaska, of course, people want to tell you about a time they saw a moose or or an animal, um, we get a lot, sorry to say it, <laughs> we get a lot of poop stories, <laughs> pitches, um, and we get a lot of food pitches too, I think. And, you know, it's like those things that bring people together and then creates a story. Um, <laughs> the food makes sense. The poop, sometimes I think people just think it's funny. So people want to hear those stories. So um, yeah, it really, really, really runs the gamut. Um, a lot of our stories um, are, people willing to be really vulnerable and they want to share that experience. So maybe something that they went through, um, either other people can connect with, or if it's something that's traumatic, that's avoidable, I think people want to be able to share that with the community and help each other. So there's a real um, breadth in funny to sad to funny and sad. Um, and uh, I think that it's really hard to pinpoint, you know, one, particular theme. When we come up with our themes, we'll have people pitch their stories to specific themes that we suggest. Um, but we often try to make them broad enough so that we can incorporate, you know, a lot more stories in it when, instead of saying, okay, it can only be about the prom, you know, or it can only be about such and such. So um, it really allows us to be able to get those pitches that are very, very broad. So with sorting through all those pitches and hearing all these different story ideas, food, poop, animals, whatever, yeah. <laughs> all of those different things. Um, so that sounds, one, sounds like hard in a way kind of to, to make the decisions. But I guess the question I have is then like for you guys, what makes a, a good story? Like when you hear like a pitch or you hear a really good story, what are kind of the things that make it a good story? Well, I think that's a tough um, question to answer because Sometimes I think stories break the rules of what necessarily makes a good story because you hear a story and you just know that it's a good story, if that makes sense. I think um, what we typically will encourage folks to do or what I'll typically encourage folks to do and each volunteer with Arctic Entries who is then a story coach um, comes up with different things, I think. But um, what I will often tell people to tell in their story is to tell it in a way where I can like picture myself with you or tell it in a way that you would tell somebody over a cup of coffee or a beer or something where you know that casual we're sitting around the campfire i'm telling you a story and you you 
um, able to be there right with me. So a little bit of that casual nature, but also the personal things. So if you can sort of rather than I often tell people rather than giving me a timeline of what happened, um, tell me about the different things that happened. And when story coaching, I will usually give a very specific example. So I'll say rather than saying I graduated in 1988 and then I went and did such and such, you could say and there was this crazy party in 1988 and you know this this person was there and prince was there and da 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 and then um you know you, all of a sudden you're there with them and so um of course we always say to the tips of the memorize your first couple sentences that you want to say with the story memorize kind of how you would like to end and memorize maybe a couple one or two points in the middle. So that's so intuitive, right? The beginning, the climax and the end of a story. Um, but we'll tell people that so that they're not using notes and reading a story. Um, Arctic entries, I guess another rule that I kind of skipped over is sort of an informal rule, but we ask that people don't tell stories um, as like a song or a poem um, because we're focused around trying to tell stories just from a storytelling um, uh, perspective and, um, so we like to try to maintain that sort of casualness. I'm just telling you a story without it feeling like super, super rehearsed. But then I'll go and contradict myself and toss all that out the window. I think sometimes when people tell a story, you know if it's a good story. <laughs> so it's really about, you know, getting that feeling across. Yeah, so I guess the question I have too is, um, what's sort of the, the purpose of Arctic Entries? I mean, I know to give place, people a place to tell stories, but why do that? Like why engage in this, this practice of giving people a place to tell stories? What's the outcome? Well, I think that what we, uh, this is definitely my perspective. Um, I think that it's about community and bringing people together. And I think that when I'm at an Arctic Entry show and maybe I'm biased since I've been volunteering now for a while, but you know, you, it's that forming a human connection with the person who's telling a story on stage and saying, oh, I get that, you know, and um, that's why it's been really interesting thinking about ways to do that during coronavirus, because um, the one thing you're not really supposed to do is get together as a community. <laughs> so, you know, we've been trying to do that in um, other ways and creative ways as we can, but I think, yeah, it's really about about forming community. And I had mentioned to you earlier that some folks, when they'll tell a story, um, I think particularly when someone's sharing a traumatic story, they're really trying to help others in the community, either get over that or avoid that if they can. Um, I haven't told a story like that. So I'm not speaking, you know, I'm kind of speaking with that assumption, but I think that it certainly feels that way when you're hearing a story. Um, but then when someone's telling a, a funny story too, I guess it's the same way. You're just lifting up community. So um, yeah, that, I guess that's how I would feel. <laughs> so in light of that community um, in, in this like 10 or 11 years of hearing stories, like what do you think the stories that are being told say about Anchorage or about Alaska? When you look at them kind of as a whole, like what are, what, what does it say about the community? Mm. Um, well, I think two things, and I think I'm going to contradict myself here in my answer, but I think so much of, so I'm from Michigan. I've lived in Alaska for about seven years, and so I'm not from Alaska, um, but I think so many people in the lower 48 think about Alaska as like an other and an otherness, and I think so many of our stories 
because it's about community and sort of that shared humanity, I think it feels like actually more connected. Um, both just like as human beings, this is where stories, everybody has these kinds of experiences, no matter where you are in the world. Um, and Anchorage isn't so different or other parts of Alaska aren't so different from other parts of the country, since we're all just people doing our best to be happy. Um, and I think, here's where I'm gonna contradict myself. I think that um, what does characterize the stories that we get is that people just seem so, so hardy and I don't even know if I have the exact right word for it, but I remember when I first moved to Alaska, I had a conversation with someone and was thinking about staying here. And he said to me that it's a special type of person that lives in Alaska and stays, you know? And I think, you know, whether you're in the city in Anchorage or you're in a rural part of Alaska outside of Anchorage, you still have that sort of hardiness about you because of the extremeness of the light and the dark and you know everything that we have here. So I think when you hear stories from people, they're just very impressive, both in terms of what people do outdoors, but just sort of the hardiness of them as like a spirit of a person. So um, yeah, so the, my, my contradicting answer is that I feel like in a way, the stories teach me about Anchorage that people are both connected and the same shared humanity as everybody else, but also, the regional thing that stands out is that it's just like a hearty, you know, strong natured person of the story that we hear. Yeah, I, I moved here from Michigan too, like 25 years ago. Okay. So similar experience <laughs> of discovering like there is a certain mentality of people that sort of are able to live here long term. Yeah. Um, whether it's the weather or just remoteness or all of that stuff. There is a certain yeah. thing. But yeah, everywhere you go, people are the people. <laughs> That's yeah, just right. And there's a shared the mentality. Yeah, there's a shared mentality too with um, people from the Midwest. Um, I think up here, you know, people that are are cool with with trudging through some dark and cold, but it, in a way that isn't trudging. It actually makes us happy. So, you know, I think um, there's yeah, yeah. I'm just rambling now, but I think you get my point. <laughs> It is interesting to me when I moved here that so many people were here from the Midwest or from Northern states. And I think it's that mentality of like, well, we have winter. How bad can it be? Like, yeah, <laughs> like we'll go well, a little bit longer. So it's Yeah. Well, if you're open to tangents, since you are looking at different histories of Alaska too, you, maybe you already know this, but I didn't know that, you know, much, there was some part of the Valley that was um, homesteaded by folks from the Midwest as part of the new deal, which I thought was kind of interesting. So a bunch of Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin people moved there in 1936. Yeah, they brought a lot of Midwest folks up here to start kind of a yeah. colony, which is really interesting. Yeah, find people who can who can handle the cold. Right, and actually a lot of them left within like a year, but I think a lot of people stayed too. Absolutely. So how would people get involved if they want to hear stories or um, tell their story, those type of things? How do they get involved with Arctic Entries? We are, our number one way is we're always t taking pitches for stories. And so our website is arcticentries.org and people can pitch their stories right there. Um, and the timeline, sometimes we can get people in shows right away. And sometimes it takes a really long time based on all the different, you know, factors that go into getting people on stage. But we really, really try our best to get um, everybody up on stage as much as we can, especially if people are interested in telling their story. And um, so that's the number one way. Um, 
and we encourage people to tell a story and think about that before um, volunteering with Arctic Entries because it kind of helps you get a better understanding and experience of telling a story, but we're certainly always open to volunteers too. Um, the best way to um, find out about our shows um, is just to join our, our email list and we'll keep people posted about our shows and, and we'll post our um, schedule for programs on our on our website, but right now we don't have any upcoming um, scheduled shows just because of the pandemic, but we're working on some creative ways to have those. So hopefully we'll have a drive-in show or an online show or something like that again soon. Um, but by signing up for our, our, our email list, people will get a notification before then. Um, we, to sign up for our email list, volunteer or pitch a story, all of that can be found at arcticentries.org. Yeah, and I was on there yesterday as well and notice that there's there's recordings of like most of the past shows oh so yes i'm excited to start working through those yeah and a lot of our um reach of our story is you know it's it's a live storytelling event is typically what we do but a lot of people listen to the podcast as their way to to listen to our stories like you were mentioning that was one of the ways that you felt so you know if you just go on to However, you usually access podcasts, you know, on your phone or, or your computer, you can download them right to, to your podcast listening device too. So you can listen to all of our backlog of stories <laughs> since 2010. I did want to mention um, to this, I'm not sure where, where this applies into one of your um, questions, but Arctic Entries, it's a storytelling um program but we always like to say that it's kind of a storytelling program it's kind of a fundraiser disguised as a storytelling program um, because we don't you know we're not making money it's a nonprofit, and what we do is we'll put out a call to ask people to apply to be our nonprofit partner every season and then all of our ticket sales we have go to support a nonprofit um, of our choosing so you know, we'll get a bunch of folks saying, hey, we want to be the nonprofit this year. And then at the end of the season, we donate to them, you know, all the money that came in through tickets. So um, right now we've been working with Seeds of Change, um, but it's different every year and it's different with the um, amount of money that we're able to donate to them. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I put that out there because I think that's what brings me a lot of joy with volunteering my time because it's a cool way to to raise money for various nonprofits in our community. And we look at folks who are, you know, locally based, helping out Alaska um, in a very wide uh, variety of ways. I'm glad that you added that because that's it's an important part of what you're doing is giving voice to the community, but then also having that the proceeds of that go back into the community, which I think is awesome. A question I always like to ask is sort of the what what am I missing? What should have I asked you um, during this interview? Okay. Is there anything that I missed um, that you'd want to add? Well, I guess it was really just about the the nonprofit partner. Um, but um, if you and anybody who listens to this wants to be a voice for sending us pitches, that's what we're always hoping for too. Um, and like I said, sometimes it takes a long time to get people um, on stage, but. Um, the other thing that's just not really a pitch or you know, an ask is that I think one of the most valuable things that I've learned from um, volunteering with Arctic Entries is that it's a, it has been a reinforcement of everybody has a story and everybody has something going on. And so 
you know, we can say this in so many cheesy ways throughout our day, but I remember sitting down with somebody who had pitched a story to us and just the background and um, information that she shared to me in the story, I just never, ever would have guessed or picked up on, you know, before having an in-depth conversation with her. And sometimes it takes a really long time to get to that um, when someone's willing to let their walls down in life. So I guess it's just, uh, hey, be nice to everybody because we all have stories. <laughs> That's a good reminder. Everybody's carrying a story for sure. Yeah. And it takes time to unpack that. And this is just one way to do that, but we can all do that yeah. in our lives as well. Definitely. The final question that we ask on every episode is just whoever we're talking with is about a spiritual um, or self-care or mindfulness practice that you use to help center you in your life and work. And I don't know if you have one of those that you'd be willing to share. Sure. Well, I think I have a lot Um <laughs> But really, I think it's just making sure that I get time to spend outside. And sometimes it's by myself and sometimes it's with, you know, other friends. But if it's walking or hiking or skiing or climbing or biking, I think that's really kind of my go-to. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I know for a lot of folks here, being outside is, is yeah. a big draw. It's what brought people here sure in a lot like, of ways. Boring does, Alaska answer. Yeah. <laughs> but it does have that centering effect. And yeah. I, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that and sharing with us about Arctic entries. Thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, thanks so much. Our thanks to Olivia Cohn for joining us for this episode. I'm so excited about the work of Arctic Entries, and I'm looking forward to listening to all their recorded stories on their podcast and attending a live event in the future. I hope you will too. Links to the Arctic Entries website, Facebook page, and more are in the show details. I want to make you aware of one more thing before signing off. It has been a long, hard year for all of us. Maybe you, like me, are in need of a space to process all that's gone on, and how it's affected us. The sponsors of this podcast, the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative, is offering a series of online workshops designed to help process the moment we are in and cultivate hope as we move into the future. The Ampersand series are interactive, reflective experiences designed to help participants embrace 2021 with a renewed sense of wholeness and sustainability for life and work. Each of the three topics unfolds over a period of three weeks. In April, the series focuses on the lost and found of COVID and will provide exercises that bridge the experiences of loss and the discovery of giving voice to pain and learning to see good in hard places. We live in a constant state of tension between our desire to rest and produce, often without balance. The Give and Receive series in May examines the results of this imbalance, escapism, and frenzy and the possibility of living in an integrated way rather than alternating between those two modes of living. Finally, in June, the topic will be ancient and modern. In these sessions, we will examine how spirituality can be considered how you handle the madness. We will survey the essence of a variety of seasoned spiritual practices while offering contemporary illustrations. We hope you will consider joining us for the Amperstand series. A free introductory experience will take place April 1 from noon to 1 p.m., 
Alaska time. To find out more, go to anchorageutc.org slash ampersand. That's anchorageutc.org slash A-M-P-E-R-S-A-N-D. Thank you. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission that in part makes this podcast possible. We are also grateful for our partnership with Street Psalms. Check them out at streetpsalms.org. And we're grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you are hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and recommend us to your friends. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchored City Podcast is hosted by Joel Kiekenfeld and is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, heart, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean the desire to see a world where all things are the way they are supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org and on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme song is by Anchorage's own Monica Letton.